Turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. You'd never believe what happened. Just a couple of days ago, my wife was leaving the Clay Desta building. She had her cell phone in her hands and was about to get on the elevator. She works on the sixth floor of that particular building. And the cell phone slipped from her hands and went through the crack between the elevator and the floor, six floors down. She couldn't have done it if she tried. Couldn't have done it any better had she tried. She talked to the people to keep the building. They went down to the bottom they found her phone. And the front part of it looked just like this phone. Looked fine. And the back part of it was completely crushed. It was amazing because it looked like you could just turn it on when you looked at the front. But when you observed more closely the back, it was dust, and it must have landed that way, you know. I wonder how many people we encounter that look fine, but they're broken emotionally, and they're broken spiritually. I guess you could say that Mike is all about songs, at least this morning. The bulletin article was about songs and the glory of God. The Lord's Supper meditation is about songs. I'm about to share with you another song because it, it, it tells us something about human nature and feelings and emotion. And the song I want to talk about to introduce our study is Away in a Manger. Away in a manger. Most everybody knows that song. There are songbooks that used to include it. Away in a manger. But when you look at the second verse of Away in a manger, it says, The cattle are lowing, the baby awakes. But little Lord Jesus. No crying 
he makes. Maybe a word or two of explanation is in order, and then some questions. The cattle are lowing. For those who are like me who may wonder what that means, it means moo. In other words, what you have is bovine bellowing going on. And if you have ever been around cows and bovine bellowing, it can be pretty loud, huh? I get the distinct impression that it is due to the cows mooing that little baby Jesus wakes up. The cattle are lowing. The baby awakes. Now when babies wake up, is silence something that they normally continue for long periods of time? But little Lord Jesus, little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. There is something absolutely telling about that song. You may not get it. Hopefully, you're not past the point of feeling. Because Jesus, as an adult, is said to have cried at least three times. He, Jesus wept, John eleven thirty five. 35. Jesus cried over Jerusalem, John 19, 41. And Jesus cried, according to the writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7, with great cries and was heard. I am comforted by the fact that the Son of God cried. But it's kind of an uncomfortable thing for people to talk about with reference to God. But little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Well, I tell you what, in the Vestal House, with kids, grandkids now, Somebody's crying, and parents and grandparents are going to scamper about to see what is hurt. It's a way that a little one lets others know they hurt. I think Christians are a little bit reluctant to talk about the emotions of God. And maybe it's because we have so often allowed our emotions to lead us into sin or the emotions of others have brought about their sinning against us. But I want to say this as firmly and as concisely as I can. Jesus Christ is the Lord of our emotions just as much as he is the Lord of everything else. There is not one square inch of any created thing where Jesus doesn't say, mine, mine. Jesus is Lord. Philippians 2. And verse 11, 
Jesus is Lord, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 4 through 6. And when we start thinking about it personally, Jesus is Lord of our minds. Amen to that? Jesus is Lord of our bodies. True? Jesus is Lord of our imaginations. Jesus is Lord of our souls. And Jesus is Lord of our emotions. And I'm glad. Though the subject may not be talked about as much as one would hope. The subject is true. If you ever stop to think about some of the most difficult of emotions, hatred, jealousy, anger, are expressions that are often used of God but in a completely pure way? Well, what about things, emotions like compassion, Matthew 9, 36, Matthew 14, 14, merciful, Psalm 103, verses 8 through 14. To simply think about the tremendous number of emotions that exist out there. It's mind-boggling. Jesus is Lord of all emotions. But I think sometimes humans feel that emotions are irrational. Irrational. For example, you might read a passage like Genesis 6 and verse 6 that says God was sorry or God regretted that he made man and he was grieved in his heart. And you go, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But when you think about God, how could he not be grieved and how could he not have a tinge of regret to see how far man had fallen. Sometimes we think of emotions as irrational. Sometimes we think of them as uncontrollable. I just couldn't control myself. Anybody ever said that? Don't raise your hand. Because if you're breathing, you have. I just couldn't control myself. I just lost it. And then we read like 2 Samuel chapter 6 uh, and God striking Uzzah dead. Remember that? Well, we start to think, oh, God just couldn't control himself. Now, wait a minute, because to really study the word of God, one will get the impression that God has been pretty clear on how the ark was to be transported. And God had been pretty clear concerning what might occur should a deviation or disobedience occur. What I want you to understand is there is nothing irrational about God having having emotions. And there's nothing about his emotions that are uncontrolled. They all are in perfect consistency. Amazing and awesome consistency. 
Sometimes when we think about the emotions, like I said, we talk about emotions and they're abused. You, you know, some people we can say, they wear the heart on the sleeve. They can, the fact that, abuse, uh, that, that, that the emotions can be abused... Don't make emotions wrong any more than having a body is wrong because bodies can be abused. Or a mind can be abused. Can an imagination be abused? Why, absolutely. Some people almost give the impression, and occasionally in the church we lean this direction, that emotions are unbiblical. They're unbiblical because we want to emphasize logic and common sense, things which are appropriate, things which are right. But we can almost give the impression that emotions are not right. Again, can they be abused? Yes. But I want you to know this. No one can be saved without proper feeling. No one can worship God without proper expression. And no one can worship God properly without proper feeling within. That's so important to see. And I, I know how important it is because some people do not use their mind or reasoning abilities to, to look at things divine. But it's also good to see that we are appealing to people's feelings. I determined to know nothing among you except Christ Jesus and Him crucified. 1 Corinthians 2.2 2. you got to feel something. as well as believe something that is true. So, feelings, emotions, have to do with the strong feelings we have concerning circumstances, moods, and relationships. There's a pretty simple definition of emotions, the strong feelings we have concerning circumstances, concerning moods, and concerning relationships. I've been kidding our sweet sister, Anella Van Hus, who is a diehard Cowboys fan. She's been trying to get my mother, who recently moved here, to come see her, and I said, I'm going to bring her to your house. And I went up to her before services this morning and said, I'm going to bring her to your house a little after 7 tonight. For those who know, the Cowboys are playing the Eagles. Uh huh. And one way or another, Miss Anella is going to be showing some emotion before that game has concluded. Because we have feelings about circumstances and moods and relationships. Jesus is the Lord of our emotions. 
I want to look at five very common emotions this morning. And I want to help us to refocus our attention, our heart and mind and body on the fact that Jesus is the Lord of our emotions. All right? Five common emotions. Each one of these emotions, let's begin with this. God, please help me. You know, I believe that just like our tongue, our emotions, if anyone can control their emotions uh, perfectly, that person's a perfect man. You know what I mean? Sounds like James 3, doesn't it? Because it's what we're feeling that often leads to what we say. God, please help me. Number one. God, please help me when I am tired, mentally drained, and emotionally spent. Help me when I'm tired. When I am mentally drained and emotionally spent so that I do not become weary in well-doing. In Galatians 6 verses 9 and 10, in due season we will reap if we faint not. Let's not grow weary in well-doing. And as much as we have opportunity, let's do good to all men, especially those of the household of faith. I find that I am more, it's more common for me to do something that I shouldn't. And the other night, Wednesday night after services, I said something to a dear sister I shouldn't have said. I had to call her and, and just apologize. But why? Because I was tired. Because I was drained and I was spent. Now, thankfully, that's never happened to y'all. That's just a problem peculiar to preachers. But I know that when I'm those things, the chances are much higher that I will do something I shouldn't. You realize that too, don't you? Turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. John chapter 4 verses 4 through 6 says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. And it says that Jesus was tired. He's tired before he even encounters the woman at the well. And the people of the village that she was a part of. He's tired. Just as I'm glad that my Lord could cry because there's a time to weep. And I can't help but think about John 11, verses 32 through 37. Jesus was sorely troubled when he was around Mary and the others who were weeping. And they all said, behold how he loved him. Feelings can be very, very appropriate, can't they? 
because they go along with appropriate action. Open your Bibles to Matthew 8, 23 and 24. And I love this passage too. You think you're tired. Young moms, you think you're tired. Senior saints, you think you get tired fast. I want to describe tired to you. Being tired is defined by being asleep in a smaller boat during a storm at sea. How tired does a person have to be to be sound asleep during a storm with the winds and the waves? But little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. First of all, anybody that's got a little one, you know a baby cries when they're startled. And when they cry out to Jesus, Jesus with the lungs of a preacher says, Peace, be still. That's Jesus. Though tired. Again, I think of Isaiah 40, verses 29 through 31. They who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They shall run, they shall not grow weary, they shall walk, they shall not faint. When we are tired, God, please help me. Secondly, consider this emotion. When I'm angry, God, please help me. So I do not surrender godly self-control in the heat of a moment. When I'm angry, God, please help me. So I do not surrender godly self-control in the heat of the moment. That idea of emotions being something we can't control be angry and sin not. Ephesians 4, 26. Don't say the Lord didn't know what he was talking about. In John chapter 2, he could drive the money changers out of the temple. I suspect that he was a little upset, don't you? Turning tables and getting people, turning uh, the temple area into a glorified Walmart or Sam's. Or here in Texas, H-E-B. The largest attended church in Midland County, H-E-B. Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 3, look at verses 1 through 6. What I find is striking is most of the time when we get mad is when we think our pride has been offended or we have been personally offended. And what Jesus got angry about is when the glory of God was not paid attention to and when people obstinately refused to believe. 
God help me to be more angry like Jesus and less angry like Mike Vestal tends to get. In Mark 3, 1 through 6, a man with a withered hand. And Jesus says, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day? And they're all sitting there waiting for Jesus to heal him. And they are silent. You know what we would say about them? Bunch of hypocrites. And the word of God says, Jesus looked on them with anger. And he was grieved. He was grieved by their unbelief. No matter what Jesus did, they were going to be upset with him. Proverbs 29, verse 11. Good sense makes a man slow to anger. And it is his glory to overlook a transgression. Sounds like James 1.19. Be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. If anger is an emotion where you commonly cross the line into sin, God, please help us. Third, when I'm lonely, when I'm lonely, God, please help me so I don't become withdrawn, depressed, or bitter. So I don't become withdrawn, depressed, and bitter. Widows and widowers can become very lonely. Senior saints can become very lonely. Preachers can be very lonely people, even though we're often around people. Elders in the church will surely deal with times of loneliness as shepherds of the flock. For the most part, loneliness is a battle that I guess all of us face to some degree. God, please help me when I'm lonely. Help me to remember the Lord is with me. Matthew 28 and verse 20, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Help me to remember Hebrews 13, 5. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Help me to remember God. God, please help me when I'm lonely to remember that the church is a family. And sometimes others in the family may not be aware of just how alone you feel and how lonely you are. But as the family of God, please tell us, communicate with us. I love the way that some of our senior saint sisters support each other. There's a lot of S's in that. Tell your brother. 
Our senior saint sisters support one another. I was pointing to Karen to tell our son David, her brother. I love to see that when older people and younger people are together. Because the church is a family that goes beyond generations and ages to the fact that we are God's people. I wonder how many lonely people are out there in Midland, Texas who desperately need a family. You'll never beat the family of God. Number four. God, please help me. Please help me when I'm hurting. God, please help me when I'm hurting so that I don't project my hurt and inflict pain on others. God, please help me when I hurt so I don't project my hurt on others and inflict pain on them. The old statement is, hurt people hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. I found that that is really the truth. God, please help me so I do not hurt others with the pain that I am feeling. No better example again of this than Jesus. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew chapter 26. And he's praying. And he has pled with men who are close to him, Bo, Peter, James, and John. Pray too. He's really troubled. Sorrowful even to the point of death. And he departs from them about a stone's throw away. And he prays, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. What are Peter, James, and John doing? They're asleep, aren't they? Jesus goes back and prays some more. And the words of Jesus, could you not stay awake even an hour when you look at the parallel accounts? Jesus was hurting, but he did not lash out on Peter, James, and John because he understood what they had been going through and he knew something of what they were about to be going through, didn't he? But they had it coming. You don't have to give everybody everything that they got coming just because you're hurting. I think of Jesus on the cross. He's hurting. He is hurting in a way that we could never fully grasp. He is hurting. And yet a hurting Jesus reaches out to a dying thief. A hurting Jesus reaches out to his mother. Son, behold your mother. A dying Jesus 
realizes that the only way he can save others is not saving himself. Oh, what a Savior. I think of Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 20. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 20, he says, At my first defense, no one stood with me. That must have been painful. There were Christians in Rome. But when someone asked as a judge, is there anyone that will say a word on behalf of the accused, no one came to Paul's defense. And listen, just as Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do, in Luke 23, 34, Paul says, may it not be held against them. Though I was in a painful circumstance and it hurt, may that not be held against them. God, please help me when I hurt so I don't project my hurt on others and inflict them with pain. Lastly, the fifth emotion. God, please help me when I'm tempted. Please help me when I'm tempted, God. You're the Lord of my emotions. Please help me when I'm tempted. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, with every temptation, God provides a suitable way of escape. In Hebrews 4.15, Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. I have to think he was tempted far beyond what you and I are able to deal with. And in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, the word of God says, He had to be made like his brethren in every respect. To be a merciful and faithful high priest and provide propitiation for our sins. And because he has suffered being tempted, he is able to help those who suffer in times of temptation. Nobody can ever say that Jesus didn't know what it was like to be tempted. That Jesus didn't know what it was like to be hurt. That Jesus didn't know what it was like to be angry or to have someone angry with him. No one could say that Jesus didn't know what it was like to be lonely. Oh, what a Savior. All this shows, ladies and gentlemen... That Jesus, while never ceasing to be less than God, put on humanity. And this is the God who is the Lord of our feelings. Aren't you glad? 
because I can go to God and ask in the name of Jesus for God to strengthen me. And so can you. What a great God. We're about to stand and sing our song of encouragement. Perhaps there's one here this very morning who's outside of Jesus. Maybe you're torn apart by all kinds of emotions. You're an emotional wreck. I want you to know that God can forgive you of sin, period. That's what the blood of Jesus does. It may be that there is a Christian here who has not allowed Jesus really to be the Lord of their emotions. I'm sad to say that some people who do a lot of the right things doctrinally practice a lot of the wrong things, practically speaking. We struggle. Prayer can be made for you and on your behalf. And God is willing to forgive. Just as God is willing to forgive sinners that come to Him in faith and repentance and baptism, so God is willing to forgive those who humble themselves as Christians before Him. Think about this lesson. Lord of our emotions. Let us stand and sing.